All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. Podcast, new episode of the Hordes of Chaos. How are you? I'm all week, breaking down crates, smashing things with sledgehammers. It's been kind of fun. You're like the the labor girl now. Like it's Dude, and I'm so like, first off, I'm only 5'2", so I'm a small person anyway, but then all these, most of these dudes are much bigger than me, much stronger than me, and I'm like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and Dion's like, come on, Melissa, come on, and I'm like, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm trying. So we've got a good system, you know. We. Uh, I'm still baffled and blown away that like, like, people don't understand. I don't think really when we talk about it with your job and everything how like, as a purchaser and buyer, you were like really one of the best at your position. Like you have many years of experience. And in now I'm field. the worst. I'm the worst cable splicer. No, it, that's not the thing though. Like <laughs> I'm not the worst. I... For you, it, it's still just a matter of training. Like it's so funny because when you described everything how it was going to work like okay i'm going to be trained to do splicing then i'm gonna go out and they say it takes a good two years to even get it a grasp of it now you're in year two and a half or whatever no i'm in my year first year i've been doing this a year and a half it'll be two years in in june yeah okay so even less so but now you're into a whole other field of training, which is going to take you beyond what you were doing the yes, first time. Yes. So, so I'm you learning haven't, a whole, you oh. haven't even solidified the first part of it. But the fact is, when you're with your, your shipmates, uh, they all have a lot of nice things to say about your work ethic and everything else. So although you're not out there just doing it yourself, like some of these 30 Veterans, yeah. yeah. The fact is, you're still going up this kind of like little ladder, even if it's just like mid-level type stuff but this new stuff you said is like 
Not everybody knows how to do it. No, not everybody gets this training, but they want us all to get it eventually. And it's hard because it's a longer uh, course. Like Dion, he started the course, but then they needed him on a ship. So then when we started, Rich and I started our course, Dion came in towards the end because he had already started the other things. The thing I love, like Eddie, one of the trainers, he, he told me, he's like, you know, during, because he was my initial trainer too, he's like, during... Uh, you know, your initial classes, you really picked up on that manual. You were telling them guys what to do. I said, I have a solid understanding of everything, but my execution is well, not where I want it to it, be. It's because you do, see, you do exactly what men don't do. We don't like reading instructions. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you take care of all the brain work, and this is what happens. Like, a guy will be like, okay, I, I kind of remember, so I'm going to start doing it. You're like, wait, 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 wait. I read this. This is what's that's supposed to That's not what it is. That's not the measurement. What do you mean? No, that, right. that's not what it is. I just, right. my, my supervisor even said that to me uh, on my very first trip. Um, he's like, Melissa read that manual at least 10 times. I saw her doing it, so I trust she knows exactly where, you know, this is supposed to be installed. I am getting better. Eddie also said to me, I am my own worst enemy because you are. I start working and then people will get around me and I'll start doubting myself and I'll start like losing my confidence. And you've done that all the time, like the entire time. Like you, you talk to me about it. You're like, yeah, I don't know if I'm really getting this, but see, I, what I can appreciate is that you're also recognizing that those around you are giving you a lot of support. And like, not too many people get that. No, and and that's the thing, like. I'm not a show-off, and I'm not an asshole, and I'm really good to my, my crewmates and my shipmates and my partners. So when you're a person like that, and you don't come in acting like you know everything just because you passed a class, I'm the type of person who will go up to you and say, what can I do for you? Like, how? what is our partnership going to be like? What do you want me to handle? What do you want to handle? Etc. When you come in with that kind of attitude, instead of like a lot of like from what I've heard, a lot of these newer people will come in and just like, all right, I'm ready to go, and they just start doing whatever they feel like it. That pisses off the veteran people. They they want somebody who has an open mind, and I do. I'll I'm always like, yeah, tell me what you want me to do. I remember one one of my jobs. It was with a ve the veteran of veterans. He's he's in his 60s. He's been doing this since before fiber optic cable, and he. His, the first thing he said to me is, I want you to know where every single thing is in this shop. So when I say go get me a new bandsaw blade, I know exactly where it is and I can change the bandsaw blade Those for Those bandsaws are fucking metal. They are. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> 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 I think that's sort of what Blacky Lawless and Wash used to have on his fucking arms. Like, probably just regular saw blades, but it was pretty cool back then. So that's what I mean. Like, I, I'm I'm not a complainer. I'll do whatever it takes, and I... It's not always fun. I can pretty much understand that aspect of it. And, I mean, I know it's challenging, but you have always, like, taken on challenges. Like, you kind of like that to a degree as long as it's not overwhelming. Because, like, like, when you were doing the accounting, you did it, but it was overwhelming it was, for many different reasons. I, all those tests I had to take all the I had to learn how to do different accounting See this is what makes you so great though is that you passed all the certifications for accounting but you absolutely hate it and you can probably make some pretty good money doing it that's the funny thing about it but what it's, it's funny 
a guy that works with me, he, his last day was today, he's um, finishing up his master's degree, and he's like, I said, so what are you thinking, you know, after graduation? He said, definitely not accounting, because he's an accountant at, at my job. I said, I understand, because I hate it too. I said, look, I, I got all my, passed all those boards, passed all those certifications, and look what I'm doing. And he started laughing. He's like, yeah, it's really, it's not for everyone. I said, it's not for me. And for me, like, the best thing I've done all week is got some tips from a guy who was working for another company, Amazon, yesterday. He's with us now, and he was telling me about how to correct some of the issues with the Prime vehicles. And I did it yesterday, and my score went from 742 to 790. So, oh, high five! <laughs> so I, I actually created, I went all DJ Neko here, uh, which is something she would do, created a little word pad. Wrote down some tips and tricks of what's going on with the trucks, how to avoid your plummeting FICO scores. I put it in a PDF and uploaded it to Deputy and shared it with people so they can try to bring did up their Did you? Speech. And did you give credit to the guy who told you? Oh, yeah. Jamie. Both, well, Jamie and Richard have been going back. Jamie's the one who brought the, the information about why the truck was rocking after you take the phone out and all sorts of shit. And then Richard was the one who said... Make sure that you don't remove the phone from the cradle so you hit parked, because that's the key. That's once, the key. Once the phone says it's parked, everything you do after that doesn't matter, as far as the truck's concerned. And that proved to be the case, as I did that all day yesterday, so, with a prime vehicle. I'm so happy. I'm so, really happy, because you're... I know you've tried... DJ Anubis does not give himself enough credit. He has passed all these Microsoft certifications himself <laughs> years ago, and... Like one. <laughs> three. Three, but but you have that's not I wouldn't be able to do that but you have to understand you and I both have gone through so many changes one thing that amazes you can you have like a GPS in your brain oh I do and I, yesterday I was driving you're like, why around. are they routing me this way no, I'm just but I'm just driving around like oh yeah I recognize houses I deliver to, and I haven't been there in weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, I just say, oh, I delivered But you, that's, when we first there. met, you were a delivery driver, and you, and this is in the olden days, before there was, like, GPS route, and you had a map. You had paper that you had to get the customers to sign. I think even if you took GPS out of my hands one night and just left me out there, like, even though it might take me a minute, I'd, I'd start recognizing roads, mm -hmm. and I'd be able to get myself out of there. You, so you, like... I'm happy you've got this opportunity with Prime because it pays pretty well. Like, much more than other delivery. You you know, remember you were working five days a week making less than what you're doing now when you're working three days a week with Prime. And then this, it's a much nicer vehicle. And you, you don't have to deliver, like, to businesses and deal with money or deal with heavy yeah. things. Like, it's... Messing with cash, especially in Maryland and Baltimore, that's, it's very you'd unsafe. Have, you'd have, like, thousands of dollars in cash on I you. mean, I did it for, like, a good year and a half, but, like, you know, I always thought about the consequences, like, with carrying money around. It's just, and sometimes it's, like, hundreds and thousands of dollars. Like, you just can't do it. All right. So, enough of the work stuff. You're pretty metal, though, baby. The, I also have taken it upon myself, because I noticed that, last few episodes that I, I get caught up when I start bringing new music to people because I'm thinking, okay, I gotta try to make sure I get this new music out. And I do that, but one of my original ideas with doing the podcast was to mix it up more, where 
I'm still throwing in some old classics. And also, I have to find the time for the music that the labels and promotional sites sent to me. So it, it was, again, I found myself being kind of uh, with a full schedule of stuff that I needed to get done. So I'm going to start, I started, I started just, you know, I'm still listening to new music. And I, I you know, I have some stuff that if I want to revisit it later, the year or whatever, I can do that and say, okay, yeah, this came out a couple months ago, but I'll play it now. However, other bands that have new stuff that I feel like are more impactful to me at the moment, that's what I'm playing. And then I throw in uh, other classic music, you know, metal music that we have. So you're going to find us kind of revisiting old classics in this uh, episode, plus the ones going forward. I'm, I'm just, I, I have to do that because some people aren't as crazy about every single piece of new music that's out there. And it, it includes myself. Like, I can sit there and say, well, this band has like, you know, six or seven good songs off a 10 album record, but, or 10 uh, song record, but is it something that's going to stand out as much as, say, you know, another band has like three or four songs on an EP that might be, they're more well known and, you know, it's been a while, whatever the case, but we're going to find out we're doing that in this episode to kick off the next few weeks. Uh, obviously, I still got some stuff from Grand Sounds, Metal Message, Quabar, uh, Vlad, Arna Pit, uh, Inverse. Yeah, good old Vlad. We love you, Vlad. We do. We do. That Polish motherfucker. <laughs> He's metal as fuck, though. Great dude. Uh, I've been working with him for years. A lot of these guys I, from Grand Sounds and everything have been many, many years now. I feel like we've met and interacted with so many people just because we love metal, you know, and I, I don't, you know, you and I, we will be together now 18 years coming up in June and I can't believe like what, a, how different my life is than I thought it would be in, in a good way. Like, I mean, we're sitting here in, in our basement, which is, it's, don't think of it like a creepy torture basement. It's really awesome. It's a den that yeah, was finished. There's nothing creepy about it, really. It's, it's, it's actually pretty comfy. Like it's I, awesome. And we have a little pot belly stove down here for heat. And I think DJ Anubis, when he was younger, this is what he would have wanted his, his bedroom to be in his parents' house. But he wasn't allowed to do this. And anytime anybody comes down here when we have visitors... now. I'm always so critical of the house. I'm like, oh, you know, we're still working on it. I need to refinish the floors, and people will come down here. Well, and they're like, oh, this is so awesome. Look at all these posters. Look at all this well, stuff. Well, down here, it's like not even as necessary. But, I, you know, obviously other parts of the house, you've always had plans to, to change things and upgrade it. We did that with the living room. And yet, in a way, we still found a way to involve the Godzilla posters. Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, that's great. It, it looks fantastic. And that... Which is so funny. Before it, it looked so generic. No, but like. Well, remember, like the, now when I'm up there pink. with you, like. But remember when we bought the house, it was pink, right? And we needed to do something, and my dad's like, "How about this wallpaper?" And we're like, "Sure." Well, that was it's, fine, but like now with everything that we've done, and we we it looks just as cozy as it does right here. Yeah. Because I'm up there and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm in a pub. Mm -hmm. If I just had a fucking bar right there, it'd be great. 
Because I got my record player, my records, my cassettes, the TV. Maybe we'll move when we get the kitchen remodeled. We'll have a bar right along that one yeah. futon. Yeah, we'll put a bar we'll up. Find out where to put the futon on the other side. We'll get rid of something. I don't know. No, we'll... the wall's getting knocked down, and that's where the bar is going to go. Right there, where the wall is, it's going to yeah. be a wet bar. That'd be fantastic, actually. That's my dream. So, if you'd like, I'm going to start a GoFundMe for <laughs> DJ Anubis's bar. <laughs> Uh, if you didn't know us, also, I, 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 we don't talk about him too much. We should more than we do, uh, and so it's a big apology to me. Uh, Sky Nielsen Promotions, uh, she constantly promotes our podcast. Our podcast, other people's uh, po labels, bands. bands um, and recently we did a liner for um, Metal Mania with Krypton Scully, and they played on their latest episode. Uh they're really great. Um, I don't, you know, we don't catch their podcast as much as we should either. But uh, they, I it's just so hard. watched, them, yeah, and I just watched the last one, and like, there's a lot of great stuff in it. A lot I, of great I love music. their, I love their format too because they yeah. do it on YouTube. We're just, yeah, they actually put video and they actually play videos mm -hmm. of the band, which is really cool. Um, they get some good liners, and they actually got liners from Shrapnel. That's fucking amazing. Mm. They're like one of my favorite UK thrash bands. Um, so, but you know, I was thinking, I might have to talk to Crip because I, I want to try to get them in here for an interview. Where do they live? They're somewhere in Maryland. They can't be too far, but if I have them come down, like, say, a Friday night, they can just stay here, do the interview, and then go home the next day. Yeah, that's true. If they're, if they're local, then absolutely. We'll... Yeah, I don't think they have kids or anything to wear. They might have animals, but, you know, we'll have to see. It may, they may not even go for it. it I would, I would love to He might go all havoc on me and say, <laughs> Well, no, I would love. I would absolutely love to have like a a metal, you know, couple. We I mean we've got a few of them, but yeah. if they're local and yeah. Well, they they've <sighs> interviewed like snipers of Babel and stuff like that. So I still have yet to get to those guys about that, even though I know them quite well. Eventually, it will happen though. Uh, Mikhail, we're supposed to be trying to do an interview with them soon, but we love Mikhail. Oh my Neko's goodness! in town, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. We're working things out. So gonna, lots to come. I'm so sorry. This was like a super long intro. Well, that's good because we needed to get some things out of the way. But now we're ready for the music. Ooh. Uh, first band in this uh, block that I have for you is a band called Needful Things. Grand Sounds Promotions sent me this. Very cool band. I don't know if their name is based off the book by Stephen King and movie, but it'd be kind of cool if it was. But I really enjoyed the album when I was checking it out. This track I got for you is called Silence is a Key. Silence is the 
Joel Broadfield, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, DJ Newis and DJ Neko back with you, the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. So you're digging into that, huh? I was really liking that song. I, uh, that's why I was like paused for a second while we were listening, going, oh, I like this. You guys have to realize, I, um, DJ Anubis carefully curates all of the songs, except for my pick of the week. He really takes a lot of his own personal time. I mean, he does work, too, and when I'm not here, he is in charge of everything. Like, as we said earlier, we've been getting a lot of things done around the house, and he pays the bills and keeps on top of everything. So... In his own personal time, he sits and listens to so much music and that he is the one who says, all right, this is going on our show this week. So I sometimes I'm hearing a lot of these for the first time when I sit next to him and I really did enjoy Intronaut and it's like the the name of the band is very spacey and so is their music. Right. Does they, do you get what I mean? Like it's kind of like this cool. It's got a little bit progressive in yeah, there. Yeah, it's a little progressive, but also a little Pink Floyd. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what the vibe I was picking up. So. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate a lot of times because I know that we'll be in the car and you know because a lot of times I take my favorite tracks I'll set records that I'm going through and I'll put them on my iPod and my phone and I use at work and that's when I generally just listen to stuff freely without worrying about whether or not I gotta play it on the radio but you don't have that luxury all the time because mm-hmm. you got to kind of wait till whether you're with me in the car or or just depending on what I'm doing like I know at work that, you know the last time you did like the best of you know my yearly best I listened to all of your you that put it on ago. yeah you put it all on my so um, I had to kind of make phone. more of an effort to kind of get some of those ahead like I have like four records now so I should be like loading that up to gotta, your gotta be on my blue phone yeah nowadays and we've realized this um DJ Anubis still has an iPod classic <laughs> and it's it, it's hard to come by like these these MP- cheaply yeah cheaply and these MP3 players are not cheap anymore either because everybody just streams things off of Spotify or Pandora or whatever. And um, he he likes to load up his playlist and what we've discovered, and we kind of did it by accident when we up- upgraded our phones. When we bought our previous phones, I, I bought them at the 250 gigabyte limit. So he's kind of been using his old phone too as an iPod because you can load up music on it and my two old phones the well the pink one's just it's dead it's dead Jim but my blue one that one has been he's he's uploaded things and he's put like because I I have we all we both have like a nice eclectic and we'll like when I when I go away I there's a gym on the ship and I'll like just pop in my earbuds and go for a walk on the treadmill or something but it's 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 kind of cool like he he listens to so much music and he likes so much music he's like 250 gigabytes is just not enough i need i need more <laughs> well technically right now the iphone yeah it's it's close but now that also includes like just out, out of the rock and metal genre like that's pop and some other stuff but the the actual ipod classic like that was I 80 gigabytes i think i have out of 80 gigabytes, I have 15 gigabytes left. And that's just with the rock and metal stuff. So I have to be 
little more selective what I throw on there now and then with the iPhone it's it's still got plenty of room but eventually I'm gonna have to start weeding out that too because there's just not enough I mean people will say well how do you listen to everything it's like it's not really about whether or not I can get to everything it's just I like having it there so if you want it in case you need it if I roll into a fucking party and they need music guess who's got the jam I've got my iPod I got my regular phone I got my old phone I got <laughs> right. it all baby this is this is all I got your hookup this is all pop on this one this is metal <laughs> But I'm spreading like a virus. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, yes, um, that was done on purpose. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of interesting because I returned from Taiwan January the twelfth or eleventh, and that's when you know the coronavirus was kind of just starting. And I honestly, I when you have we we are on the east coast of the US so to get to Taiwan you have to fly to the west coast of US the US and then take a long ass flight from the west coast to Taiwan and this is this holds true for pretty much anyone who's traveling over to Asia so it's not surprising that people like California and the Pacific Northwest are seeing the most cases right now they're saying it's 250 total cases in the U.S. Now, the U.S. is huge, but most of it is concentrated in the Pacific North Northwest, and that's because, you know, people coming from China, people coming from Korea, or, you know, people coming to the U.S., going to the, that, all of those international airports, that is how you get there. So it's not surprising. Yeah, you know, as this, as this keeps going on and on, like, there, there's some of us that when we talk on forums and stuff, you know, where some people have gone so much to like basically kind of panic. They're not like running out in the streets panicking, but they constantly post news bits about it and what's going on, which is fine. But there's a part of me that's like, we've seen stuff like this before, like SARS and, you know, um, some of this other stuff like, what was it? The swine flu yeah. and the... Um the bird flu right and, and they, those had some death tolls and they had a lot of uh, i think it was like bird flu was like like two hundred sixty thousand people got infected or something mm -hmm. but but the point i think the main difference here is that the main difference here is this is a new strain because coronaviruses have been around for well, a while not that, but this one like can like dormant for a while and then like yeah, actually, they haven't really found a, a remedy for it, so that's part of the part that's well, scary. And that's the thing; it's a virus. There is there's very little you can do for a virus. It just has to. You have to treat the symptoms. You can't treat the virus itself. Now there are people that are saying that uh, once it gets warmer, it might kill it off, and you know other factors play in it. I don't know how effective that. Well, would that's be. the other thing too. Like no, this virus can be it's airborne, so and it stays like alive on things longer than what other viruses and it also says that it, it it tends to affect like as far as fatalities like the young like really young and older people so and it seems like the older people are the ones who and the people who may have some kind of suppressed immunity or, or immune system or maybe um now the one scary thing about it is like apparently it leaves like issues with the lungs like after the fact like and it, that's the thing is if you have issues let's say you're asthmatic or you have very severe allergies like 
um, my girlfriend Tiffany's daughter is like allergic to everything and she has asthma and um, someone like that, it could be terrible. And, you know, maybe older adults, you and I who are, it, it also actually with you with the high blood pressure, but um, it, it can affect the lungs and the heart. And the I, I think the only reason I, I really wanted to talk about this, number one, everyone's talking about it, so we wanted to put it out there too, but... Yeah, we don't want people to freak yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it's we're panic, in Maryland, we're in Maryland, and they just we just got having three the knowledge, cases. Yeah, having the knowledge and, like, just being informed is a good thing. And with, and with him working for Amazon and things being shipped all over the place for him, my worry is... He's in, a, he's in a truck all day. He doesn't have the ability to wash his hands. So I wanted to go and get him a bottle of hand sanitizer yesterday at the pharmacy. And there was one bottle left. One. And the, <laughs> yeah. And I, it was funny, too, because I, I gave it to the girl. And she said, you know, these are um, buy one, get one half off. I said, there's only one left. And Can she, I get half off of that? And she did. She did give me half off. And she's like, really? I said, yeah, there's only one left. But, you know, for you, you're in and out of the truck. You're touching things all the time that you don't know where they come from. You just need to just, every time you get back in the truck, use the hand sanitizer. You're using a different truck every time. You don't know who's been in there. And that's my only worry with you. For me... See, but see, I, I, there's a dark side of me that just wishes this was more like a zombie virus. Because, <laughs> like, if the world's going to end, I don't want to be some stupid-ass flu shit. I want it to be an actual zombie. Like so people. you want to turn into a zombie? Is that what you're saying? I'm not looking forward to it, but look, if we're going to go out, let's go out in style. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so am I going to have to shoot your head off? Yeah, maybe. Until you get the virus. I'm not going to get the virus. If I was in Taiwan and didn't get the virus... They don't ever say never. I know, man. I'm like, never going to... Apparently an Amazon guy in Seattle got it, so... So now everybody's going to get it. Yeah. Because, you know, prime two-day delivery. Infection. I... It's kind of like Godzilla. <laughs> I I think for me, though, and it, it's kind of funny, I, we, I just checked my work email and we got an email from corporate saying, make sure you take your laptops home every day just in case, you know... Because we travel internationally all the time. I I mean, like, another big outbreak, we have a depot in Samoa. And in American Samoa, there was a huge measles outbreak. So they wouldn't let the crew off the ship until everybody got a booster shot. I had to get a booster shot, which I went and did, you know. So it is a huge possibility because... We got people going to India, people going to Japan, people in Taiwan, because we have a depot in Taiwan, people in Samoa, in New Caledonia. It is a big possibility somebody's going to bring it into the office and they're going to be like, don't even come to work. Well, I like your work now with that email. You know, a lot of schools are starting that, especially colleges are like, look, be prepared yeah, to do what, stuff Yeah, what, what college home. was it? Was it uh, Wa Washington State? Washington State. Yeah. Because I think uh, Washington has the most recorded um, cases, but Japan did this too. They said we're we're trying to to you know thwart the the spread, so we're going to close down schools for the month month of March. So that I think the biggest problem, and this is why they're closing schools and and telling people to work from home. You, 
if you're a healthy person, you're just going to think you have a cold. Right. And you're going to feel run down. And, you know, in the U.S., a lot of people try to be heroes and go to work while they're sick. And it drives me yeah, shit crazy. I have a guy that came to work yesterday. I think they went home because he was looking really bad. <laughs> but, uh... And he kind of jokes it is a coronavirus, but, you know, you never know. But he is looking to run down, but he keeps coming to work. I'm like, dude, you should not be here. Not just because of contagion, but just in general. Like, you know, American works, you know, is like we're always pressured into being there because, and, you know, part of it's because some people uh, abuse it because for other reasons. But if you're truly sick, you just don't go. Like, you just can't afford it. And, you know, I was in a job working a desk job and like you know something that's where most people do it though because they're like i'm, I'm not inside, i'm inside yeah. i'm not lifting anything heavy i'm not doing anything strenuous spreads a lot easier when we had our it upgrade they had to go to everybody's computers and mm -hmm. and i remember i left my laptop the entire it staff got sick because they're like if they're like your keyboards are disgusting, people. Your mice are disgusting. We have new keyboards and mice. We will give them to you. But the whole staff got sick. So that's basically, if you are sick, just don't don't leave your house. You know, order some food. Buy, buy some stuff. Stay in. And I think that's what, what everyone is saying. Like, our, our governor is saying it. Just, if you are sick, because... If you're a relatively healthy person, you're just going to feel like you have the colds and you're maybe a flu. Stay home and don't spread it. I mean, especially now in New York, they've got some confirmed uh, cases. New York is very public transportation. So, like, everybody's on the metro or the subway. Everybody is taking buses. Stay home. If you're sick, stay home. Even if you're not that sick, and then you go out, somebody else could get sicker. And that's my TED Talk for the day. Yeah. So that's that's on that front. Um, all right. So back to the music. Uh, next block, I've got a couple of clacks by Primal Fear and Judas Priest. Nice. But we're going to get out some brand new Demons and Wizards. And this mm. band features uh, Hanji <laughs> from Blind Guardian <laughs> and Schaefer from Ice Earth. <laughs> They created this band back in 99. I love the debut. Don't remember too much about Touched by the Crimson King, but it's been 15 years since that record. So there's a brand new one out uh, called Three. And this track is called Midas Disease. Go figure. More virus. Yummy. So <laughs>
you got another thing coming. First, the funny thing is, before I met DJ Anubis, I didn't realize, and I think I've said, said it on this this podcast, that I didn't realize that Judas Priest, like, continued and made even better, like, it was like 70s and 80s She Judas. stopped listening in 83. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm like, that is, I thought Judas Priest was done, and, you know, when he started showing me all this awesome Judas Priestness, I'm like... Did you ever hear about Painkiller? Turbo Lover, baby. Oh, see, I knew about Turbo. I knew. Uh, well, that's like, 87. So, so I, were... I was up to Turbo. But after that, I thought Judas Priest was like an 80s man that just kind of dissolved. <laughs> but every time I hear that song. <laughs> you got fooled. I got fooled. So if there's any other Sex in the City fans out there. <laughs> How the fuck did I get into the discussion? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, in season one, they go to Lainey's baby shower, and Lainey was this party girl, right? Is she the one that falls out the window? No, no, no. Oh. That's that's season six. But season, but Lainey. The fact that I fucking know that. I just, just watch don't. it so much. Um, but yeah, Lainey was a party girl, and she ends up uh, getting married and getting pregnant and moving to the suburbs, et cetera, et cetera, and. You got another thing coming when they were having their flashback to Lainey being um, a, a wild party girl was the music that was playing in the background. <laughs> so every time I hear that, I think of that that um, scene where Samantha's like, if she fucks on that couch, she's buying it. <laughs> and then Carrie's like, isn't that how you got the couch? <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. All right, so um, got me thinking because we were talking about how you were... How you had uh, got certification for accounting? Well, uh -huh. at the time that you were working with the other person that you got those from or had the ability to do so, mm -hmm. meant that you were working from home a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I came home one day. I forget what I was doing for a job. I was working with Russ. So anyway, uh, I get home and she's like, "I just listened to the whole catalog of Ghost. I'm in love with that band. The I entire can't stop thing." Playing. They are so amazing. And this is, about four, are this is about four years ago. Yeah. So, so you know, eventually, like, she became a huge Ghost fan. And we got to see Ghost twice. Yep. Um, once in that small, intimate uh, yeah, record they store. They only did three shows when they did that, so we were one of the three. We were very cool. lucky that they actually picked Baltimore to do that. And yeah. then we saw them at the Fillmore. The, the thing I love Still about the Fillmore the best is... Oh, I loved. We saw King Diamond there too, like, and Amon Amarth. Like, it's big but not too big, so you can see everything. You can sit right at the bar. You can go and hang out. There's another bar in the basement. I still need a test to see if I can get upstairs for any concert because when Devin played, you weren't here, and I went and I. There wasn't anybody checking the stairway, so I strolled upstairs, and there was no problem. I was there. Were you? Yes. He had the octopus on his head? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, well, we've seen him a couple times, but anyway. You were... 
so anyway. Where is he Devin again on the 16th? Yeah. I, I should be home because, I mean, you yeah, know how it is. Don't think you're leaving. Uh, anyway, Ghost uh, still touring for their last album, by the way. And, uh, but apparently now, towards the end, like, the last few shows, uh, what's his real name? Tobias? Yes. Forge. He's, uh, breaking out Papa Meritus 4. Which I'm happy about, because I was so bored with Cardinal Copia. I think that's why I didn't connect with the last album as much as I... Well, see, I don't have as much problem with the character because I like that he's mixing it up. But the problem that I had was the musical direction. Like, it wasn't... There was a couple good tracks off that prequel record, but... I need to listen part, to it more. And that's, the yeah, again, like you said... For the most part, it was very, very too soft. There wasn't enough thumpers and... And like, there wasn't enough devil. Yeah, the, the first three records are great. Like, I don't... You know, whatever yes. happened, it kind of just fell off there with the fourth one. So they are working on new stuff. I don't think they've played anything new yet, but um, you know he has broken out the image that he's using, so that's gonna be cool. It was pretty badass too. I was watching the video and I'm like, oh, what? What? Oh, there he is. I think Papa. Which Papa did I like the most? I think Papa you like three. I like I three. like I like three the Yuzura best. Zero was the song mm. in the video. No, that was Papa two. Was that Papa uh, Two? Is yeah. yeah, because even though it was during um, Infestorum, yeah, the it, Papa Two was still in that music video, and Papa Three came out for like he is. Yeah, yeah. So, mm -hmm. and that was great stuff. Um, and they're doing like down by the river, like uh, the <laughs> baptisms and stuff. Oh, <laughs> him just holding the little baby. Shit's <laughs> <laughs> fucking great. I think because he and I both, I grew up. In a very Catholic house, and he grew up. Yeah, it's very funny to people who had to be under. He was baptized like that. You have to understand. Right. So he like it's Catholics don't do that. You you get baptized when you're a little teeny baby, and they just like sprinkle some water on your head. But knowing how like satanic the band is, at least in terms of lyrical content, I'm not saying they actually live the satanic lifestyle, but from everything they sing about. And then putting it in that context, like, you, you literally could flip the script and say, oh, yeah, well, that's exactly like the way a church would be. Mm -hmm. So it, it makes sense from that point of view. Um, I love, though, I think sometimes they're making fun of the satanic panic back in the 80s. Because they start, like, talking about, um, you know, in their in their lyrics, like, rituals and they talk about you know everything that satanists aren't like totally into however they take what people assume that you're gonna do i'm gonna you know sacrifice humans i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna sing about the devil well and that's the thing like and and some credit goes to like manson marilyn manson that I was, I'm never a big fan of Marilyn Manson overall, but I've seen him live, and mm -hmm. the thought that he puts into his his stage show and how he conveys his message is very intelligent. And Ghost, the way they present the Satanism and everything else is just, it's very sarcastic. I know, and I love how they do communion. Right. Oh. So it's just kind of like, you know, a big fuck you, the religion, but he does it in a way that's just so sarcastic and... 
hilarious that you just you know you can't really take it all that seriously and i don't but obviously religious people who are easily offended will but uh too bad you know you have to kind of deal with that because everyone else has to deal with your nonsense exactly (laughs) and it's it is meant to offend a little bit but it's also like don't listen then well and, and the thing about ghosts is it's a perfect like when you when i grew up in the 80s Always, there was this underlying theme about rock music being the Satan's music, and it didn't. You even, you knew that's what your parents did to you. It didn't even matter if the band didn't sing about Satan at all. You just got attached to it because yeah. it was crazy and yeah, wild. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're singing about partying. You're Here the it devil. is. This band has success on a mainstream level, doing the very things that everyone <laughs> was always warning your mommy and daddy about. So. You know, whether you like them or hate them, the fact that they're able to, to pull this off, I shouldn't even say they anymore, it's all Tobias Forge, of course. According to Tobias, it's him and only him, and he only hires his musicians as contract workers. Yeah, and so... That's kind of sad, too, but... It, well, it, it happens, I get it, but, you know, when other guys who have helped you get there are disagreeing with that notion. Now, Tobias won the lawsuit or whatever it was, so it didn't matter, but, you know it's funny how that happened and then prequel came out and I wasn't that impressed with it, so I'm wondering exactly how much influence, yeah. Right. So we'll see if in the fifth album he can get back to what he was doing or if he's going to, whatever direction he goes. Worship Satan more! (laughs) You're not sacrificing enough. (laughs) Alright, so other news I came across uh, today was, I, I didn't even know this, but Obviously, uh, we all know about the tragic passing of uh, Dimebag Daryl and from the guitarist from Pantera and Damage Plan. He was tragically shot on stage in 2004. Or, as the instant message that you sent me, Dimebag Darnell. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck is Dimebag Darnell? I... <laughs> That's their, like, wicked stepbrother. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the interesting piece of news was that uh, via, I think, a photographer, I'm trying to remember, videographer, Daryl Bobby Tongs Armberger, uh, had said that he had had discussions with Dimebag uh, about a month before his death, and Dimebag had told how they were going to finish their Damage Plan tour, and then he was going to try to, they were working on work for the next Pantera record, he was actually going to try to get Pantera reformed and reunited. So I find that a bit interesting because I know that for a long time for that period that, you know, Diamond and his brother didn't get along with Phil and Rex was kind of just out there doing his thing. But now, in recent days, we've had talk of a tribute tour uh, that's going to include uh, Zach Wild on guitar. Rex is coming back. Wow. I'm not sure who would be playing drums, and but Phil should be singing. Um, people love it and hate it. Uh, personally... If done right, it should be fine. I, I really have no problem with it. Um, there is, you know, it, the same kind of thing happened with Stag X. Like, people were not that crazy about it, some of them, because they felt that it was kind of exploiting the death of Wayne and everything else. But even though I missed the show... Uh, we were there, but... <laughs> they know the story. He passed out. Yeah, so it, it, just a rare occurrence. But the guy who's filling in does a great job. And 
you know, I think if done right and you're not trying to like pull the curtain over people's heads, you know, I know for a Dio, they use like this, the hologram. They had the hologram. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm too crazy about that. It's a cool concept, obviously, but to me, that's a little bit more of exploitation. But then again, as long as all the proceeds, everything, and as long as his wife was fine with it, I'm yeah, fine she with was. It. She was behind it. You know, like debt to us all toward it. Do the truth for debt. The the wife's mm-hmm. or the, the family is all on board with it, so they all have a hand in it. So it's not like it's somebody outside taking this and doing it. So. If Phil and Rex, who were original members of Pantera, or at least, you know, f- for a good portion of their career, uh, are okay with Zach and whoever playing drums, I'm fine with that. It, as long as they're on board with it all together, great. And so as long as it, you know, Diane's family and his brother, as long as they're all, all cool with it, and there's like, you know, they've had talks and all that, then I'm fine. Um... If they're, well, if they're doing it just for an easy cash grab, it sucks. I don't like that. What's interesting, because what you mentioned, like, about families feeling... So the Sublime, you know, my favorite band, the remaining members started touring, doing Sublime music with a different frontman. And, you know, Bradley Knoll's wife was not having it because she felt like Sublime was his baby and... They were just taking. They it. were just kind of taking advantage of. So now Sublime has to be Sublime with Rome, right. like what? Because they still do tour, and if it's it's Sublime with Rome, which Rome was the same. Which is fine because it sounds like when they did it, they didn't take her into consideration, or yeah, because the Long Beach Dub All Stars were Sublime with Rome, a separate project, but then they started touring. Under Sublime. Under Sublime, doing Sublime songs. Um, and I think that's kind of like what pissed her off as the widow, because nothing kind of like, I guess, was discussed with her. Kind of like what you're saying. You know. Yeah, it's one of those weird things. Like, you know, you get these bands where members pass away for whatever reason. And sometimes, like, like for instance, uh, Lane Staley, Allison Chains, you know, he dies. And the band decides to continue on with the new singer. And the guy who they have has done a fantastical job with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, that's the band itself saying, okay, we're good with this. And But other cases, like, you know, you know, let's say Soundgarden decided to try to reform and have a new singer, which they may have done, like, some shows, I can't remember. But trying to make someone a permanent singer to replace Cornell would be very incredibly difficult. And... Sometimes stuff like that doesn't respond well with the fan base. So you have to be careful with stuff like that. And Sublime is one of those cases. Like You're really probably not going to replicate what Bradley Knoll did. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a big reason why. And Sublime fans are like some of the most diehard I've mm-hmm. ever seen. So They're kind of like Fish fans, Grateful yeah. Dead fans. Like Sublime was around for a while, but hugely influential in in California, I mean, worked with Gwen Stefani before Gwen Stefani was anything. Right. You know, before No Doubt was even a thought. A blip on the radar. And so when you have something like that, you get these, like, rabid fans and you do get people who will come out to these shows. And I can understand the widow's standpoint. Like, you know, you're doing this without my consent. You're doing... 
Right. You know, like, hey, <laughs> he was my husband, and FYI. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, communication. Like, so many times we see how some members will try to do something and be sly about it, and mm-hmm. it doesn't work out well. That's one of those cases. But they changed the name, which is good. That's what's going to happen in cases like that. So, same with some of these other bands, like Queensryche. Like, you have Queensryche, where apparently some of the members have a hold on the name, and then you have the singer, Jeff Tate, who's with them for so long. He has to go out there and say, Jeff Tate's Queensryche when he tours. So, it's a real different bag of how that stuff works. All right. Next musical block. I've got a couple tracks from Middle Message and Quabar. Kick it off with some Mespedium. Uh, Welt Vom Collapse.
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you Chris and Stauffers. I am so happy that we have found Stauffers. They have done nothing but good work for us. They've fixed my brakes that were messed up twice. Yeah. I mean, if you knew, what if we you had to even go knew, through. we've dumped so much money into brake jobs. Yeah, in a year, like you should not put this much money into getting your brakes done. And keep in mind that. We thought we were getting a deal the first time around, yet we were still paying. We, I mean, we paid at least I think we thousand spent... to three hundred dollars just to write something within eight months that should have been right the first time we took it. So in a year, my brakes and my rotors were changed three times, and it was finally fixed by Stoffers. In yeah, because the thing is, we were told they were fixed, and then we'd go drive it, and then... It'd be up... good, it'd be good, and then I'd go away. But then you'd ruin I'd, it, I'd because... come back, and it would be doing the thing, the same, like, noise again. Right. And, you know, the problem is, with rotors, is if you don't fix the problem, then you end up destroying another pair of rotors. So, these, you know, Chris and company there at Stoffers... Took care of our problem, fixed it. Then I had like a small minor issue that happened after where it was leaking a little bit in the back. He had no problem. He said, bring it back in. I just had a matter of tightening it up and it fixed the fucking problem. So They do everything for us. They do our oil changes, our tire rotations. I even referred a friend of mine who she had a cracked engine block and she couldn't believe how reasonable the price was. I mean, she had, I think Michelle's car is 11 years old now, um, the Flex. She's like, I, I couldn't believe how inexpensive it was. Normally, people, like, jack the prices up. Anything to do with engines and... Yeah, I mean, and, look, they, you're not always going to pay cheaply. If you want work done right, you got to pay for it. And that's the thing. Like, we were paying less to try to have the brakes fixed before, but they weren't being done right, so we ended up shoving out more money than it would have initially cost us at Stouffer. If we would have so, just went there the first time. Right. So, the, the point is here is that, you know, I talked to Chris the other day when I was getting the oil change for the car, and, you know, he, he's like me. He's on the same wavelength, you know, it's about getting the job done right, not trying to, like, dupe the customers. Like, mm -hmm. and, he, and this isn't, like... A company that's like this big thing, like you know, it's a it's a it's a independently mm -hmm. owned, right, auto shop, and they're trying to build their own clientele. So naturally, if you're near Millsville or Annapolis, you know, I mean, we we live in Baltimore and we drive there. Yeah. it's not a big deal because thirty it's about, minutes and it's worth it every fucking time. Well, you, you don't go to Jiffy Loop ever, but he <laughs> took the car to Jiffy Loop. Just for an oil change, and they it was like over ninety dollars. It, it cost me more just for that than what I got for Stauffer's doing oil change, new wiper blades, and tire rotation. So go figure. 
All right, so we're getting ready to hit into our rock plug. But first, I want to touch on uh, that last band, Ilu, from the song called Chateau. Uh, it's a one-man project out of Mexico by Jorge Lugo, and uh, it's very cool stuff. I, you know, I know that Neca wasn't totally feeling it. There, it was part because it was a long song. Parts of it I really liked, but then other parts I'm like, eh, it's not my style. But I always love when you find people who can put together something all on their own. Like, it's phenomenal. Yeah, like I said, you wouldn't know that that was like a one-man project. That's what I end up coming across when I listen to this, and I'm so impressed with these one-man projects. And I run into a lot of individuals like that, you know, when I listen to the music, and it's just amazing to me that they can put together stuff like that. Uh, Nolan Void, uh a guy on Facebook that I've met through the Godzilla group. He's got his own project, getting ready to release a new track soon. So uh, I'm very excited for when these kind of guys can do this kind of stuff because I have no talent like that whatsoever. So, um, yeah, so, but early part of that song, there's like a little bit of the riff or whatever that sound remind me a bit of Devin Townsend's Genesis. So I don't know if he's at all influenced in that way but or just coincidence whatever but it turned out pretty cool and that was a good track so in the rock block i've got some dead earth that's uh courtesy of vlad and arna pitt uh new kelver tack uh vandenberg eden's curse and then we have dj necko's pick of the week and then i got some frail to close it all out so we're gonna get rolling dead earth voodoo queen
of life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be a part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line in Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Gilbert, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar. Yeah.
Ian's Curse. Doing some Steel Dragon, having a little fun with that. If you ever saw that movie, Mark Wahlberg, Rockstar. Good stuff there. Alright, so now we are getting to Neko's pick of the week. My pick of the week. So, I have always been a Beatles fan. Mm-hmm. Always have been. My mom is really heavy into classic rock anyway, and just growing up with that, I mean, not not just like the Beatles or Journey, Boston, et cetera, et cetera. Sabbath. Sabbath. Like, she likes a lot of different things. Motown. She loves Motown, the Rolling Stones. So, when the Beatles broke up, they all kind of went their separate ways and did some solo things, and this song that I'm picking this week, I absolutely love. It's uh, George Harrison, My Sweet Lord. Now, granted, I, I'm sure I heard it a hundred times. My mom played it, you know, list, she'd listen to the classic rock radio stations, but it occurred to me, I was actually out on a job, and I was listening to this song, and I was trying to pull it up, like I wanted to listen to it, so I, I was... And the the internet out there is insanely slow, so I was just, like, Googling my sweet lord, want to listen to it kind of thing. And I did not realize that this song was in the middle, well, it's over now, but it was a huge controversy. So, apparently this was George Harrison's biggest hit ever. It was the first of the solo Beatles to uh, hit number one, but... There was a song written by Ronnie Mack for the Chiffons in 1963. It was an R&B tune called He's So Fine. And it's very, very similar. And apparently um, George Harrison had unintentionally ripped off My Sweet, uh, He's So Fine with My Sweet Lord. And it's kind of interesting because almost immediately afterwards they uh, they filed a lawsuit against him for um, copyright infringement and uh, he said he tried to settle out of court um, but in the end all of the money that he ever made off of his biggest hit ever ended up in escrow so that it could be paid to... And it was like a million six hundred dollars, like something ridiculous. ridiculous. And um, so he said he never had any money from the song, but he said, as far as I'm concerned, the effect of the song has far exceed any bitching between copyright people have ever had. Because he said people now, granted, remember the Beatles really got into Krishna, the hard Krishna scene at the end of the 60s and and George Harrison did too and apparently a lot of fans had told him that this song really helped them when they were feeling suicidal or when they were down and honestly for me I just I love the song I, I want to listen to it a lot what's the song that he had in the 80s I got my mind set yeah. on you this is nothing that, like that song used to get on my nerves so much how much did it get played like it, it was, got played a lot it was it was a hit MTV would play the 
fuck out of that but shit. But this is completely different. Like, it, it's completely, like, a But well, that's the thing. Like, I remember when that tune got released. And I'm sitting there saying, this dude was in the Beatles, and this is what he came up mm. with. <laughs> but this, this came out in 71. It is very true to the Krishna, Krishna roots of, well, I don't want to say the roots, but where the Beatles were going when they broke up. And something with me, like, every time I hear it, there'll be times I'm just driving around and I'm like, I pull up YouTube or something while I'm driving so I can listen to the song. I am not a Krishna. I don't know why I like this song so much. Like, it just, I feel bad because it, the tune of it is based off of an R&B song, but... I love this song, and I think that's kind of like how everybody has felt. I mean, it was number one for a while. So for my pick of the week, George Harrison's My Sweet Lord. Audio jump. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow and we will break new ground. From the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, audio jump. Let's welcome DJ Neko's pick of the week.
Onward from Mind Wars. Turn it up and remember be Closing out the rock block trail. 1692. I kind of like that song, like, a lot, actually. It's got a little bit of a doom vibe to it. It was, like, I don't know what the word is. Trancy? Is that is that the best way to put it? Like it Hypnotic? Was, yeah, hypnotic. I, 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 I dug it. I dug it. I dug, dug it. it. One thing I wanted to kind of say about my sweet lord and george harrison too um i don't think that the beatles themselves kind of expected george harrison to be like the first breakout of all of them now everybody kind of remembers john lennon because of his brutal murder and everything but if you look at the numbers george harrison is the one who consistently had like the highest selling solo albums you know but because John Lennon was so brutally murdered and he almost was kind of made a martyr that's that's kind of like what overshadows everything his his George Harrison's success but the dollars the numbers George Harrison out of all of the Beatles had this huge success as a solo artist and a lot of songs that we hear um we don't even realize are george harrison and and that's kind of like like i don't you were saying you're like i've probably heard this song before but like you don't kind of put two and two together and say that's george harrison of the beatles because i think most of the Beatles, everything was written by Lennon and, and, and McCarthy. So right. it was like, it was all John Lennon, Paul McCarthy. So George was... <laughs> what? Ringo didn't write a lot of tracks? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> leave Ringo be. <laughs> Funny thing about Ringo, when they when they had... Um, it was a little help from my friends when Ringo sang that he was petrified. And you know, he, he, he was the one who sang that song. And he was absolutely petrified of that high note at the end where they go with a little help from my friends i think ringo's greatest claim to fame is his role in caveman that was like he's just ringo being ringo like right i feel like ringo should have just made his life on being ringo yeah and he probably would have had a <laughs> you know and, well it's kind of sucks too now because it's like that's what people do now and go back let's throw back to betty white she she did she was always like behind the scenes a producer and we we didn't know that until we started watching and digging deep into her history and it's like but in starting in the early 2000s she made her like you know rebirth just being betty white like people just loved her because she was betty white like that could have been ringo like yeah. Just be Ringo. Just just do just, just do Ringo. Ringo. <laughs> so about a decade and a half ago, uh, Max Cavalier and his brother Igor created Cavalier Conspiracy, uh, a side project band. And uh, you know they had a couple albums they put out under that uh, name, but they a couple years ago they toured uh, using 
music from both Beneath the Remains and Arise from Sepultura on their days when they were at the band Sepultura. And uh, apparently now they're getting ready to want to go do that again for the States where they're going to tour and support those two records, which I find fantastic. I mean, I saw, I was lucky enough to see Sepultura twice in 92 and 93, uh, respectively. So really towards the, the heyday with the band. And, mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, when they broke up, I was traumatized because they were like my favorite band at that point. Um, I still dig a lot of what Sep is doing. I, I don't mind some of the stuff that Max is doing with Soulfly and, and Conspiracy and all that. I think, especially in recent years, he's gotten closer to the Sep stuff with Soulfly and all that. But, uh, I do miss the glory days of Sepultura and those two records are like my two favorite of the era so uh if they happen to pass through here i'm probably gonna definitely go i don't know how well they're gonna pull it off um it's last time they did this someone told me that the live show really wasn't all that so i don't know what to expect in that arena but uh considering the material i'm probably gonna be there regardless um if they're going to do both those records and stuff off it, I'm going to be so down with that. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 really what I'm looking forward do to. Do they give that. any dates yet, or is it just like a it's a, just a, a preparation? Yeah, preparation. They haven't really gotten anything in stone yet, but you know. And the funny thing about all this is that neither them or Andreas, who was in Sepultura, who was one of the members with them, they there's like never. Like Andreas said, it will never be a reunion with them, and I don't know if there's just still bad blood there, but I think one of the things Andreas pointed out in an interview I read was that, you know, Sepultura had been doing so much without Max at this point that, like, going back and revisiting it is just not really the best intentions at this point. Even though I think it'd be kind of cool to have Paulo and Andreas and Max and Igor back doing it again, I, I kind of get his vibe, like... It's at a point now where Sepultura has pretty much moved beyond what they were doing originally with uh, Green and whatnot. And, you know, if they were going to do a reunion, they probably should have done it like over a decade ago just for fun. And they did, they couldn't come to terms with any of that. So at least in this format, you got two of the original brothers uh, who were part of that band doing some of that material, which I'm not even sure if current Sepultura even touches. I'm not sure if they even go that route because they have a lot under green to which they have uh, usually play. So I, I don't even know how much of the old material they can even touch. Chances are they probably don't touch a lot of it because of Max and all that. So, Fun fact, though. Our first date, we get into the car. First song on the radio that he has playing on the five disc CD changer Roots Bloody Roots yeah you fucking remember that disc changer (laughs) that's fucking funny as shit that's been a while man oh my god but yeah I mean but I think that's kind of what made us connect immediately I was like is this simple tour and you're like uh huh I'm like swing (laughs) swing Schwing, Holy schwing, shit! Schwing. You you know who Sepultura is? I'm like, uh-huh. that's marriage material. <laughs> and look at us, 18 years later, nearly. Right. 
I mean, she fucking knew them. She knew Fear Factory. I mean, those are like a lot of my favorite bands. I mean... The, the funniest thing... You're though, a keeper! I'm a keeper. <laughs> the funniest thing, though... A lot of people don't know, like, the origin story with Anubis and I, but... Um, a guy that I used to date just gave my phone number to Anubis without my consent or anything, <laughs> and I get a phone call... From DJ Anubis, he's like, hey, yeah, this is uh, Tony's friend. Here comes the Me Too movement. No, 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 no. <laughs> but it was just like, it was sweet and weird at the same time. And I'm like, I, I knew him because we worked together and I had met him, like, briefly. But it was just so weird. I'm like, who is this guy? And then he picks me up and then there's Sepultura. But... Anubis told me, because we, we really did meet briefly for about 10-15 minutes before he got my phone number from Tony. Probably more that I remembered her and she didn't remember me No, at all. I remembered him because he, he thought I was hysterical because I, I, I can be a jackass at time at times and I was screwing around with... That's what I was saying. Yeah, I was screwing around with Tony and he had this weird thing with, with germs and I'm like, give me a sip of your soda and... She... I sat and I like I made love it. to the to the soda bottle. Tonging it like she was tonguing a vagina. <laughs> and he's like, oh. And then I'm like, I I had a bad pedicure and I'm like picking my pedicure and he's laughing at me. I'm like, God, I can't believe I paid for this shit. And he's like, You're so funny. But anyway, Tony Tony was really confused by me because I am I am an enigma and um I, I like a lot of music, and the first thing that Anubis said to me, he was like, what kind of music does she like? And Tony's like, well, she really likes this band Sublime and this other band called Static X. And DJ Anubis was like, Static X? Not a lot of people know, know this Static X. What is this? And he's like, I thought she listened to Britney Spears. Like, Yeah. <laughs> So it was kind of funny, and then I get in the car, and I'm like, oh, you're listening to Sepultura, oh my goodness, and he's like, you know this? So it was it was just kind of fun, like, Sepultura is kind of like our little, I don't want to say joke, because they're not a joke, we like, we like the band, but it's kind of like how we knew that we were meant for each other, when I'm like, oh, is this, is this Sepultura? <gasps> Well, yes, it is. It is. So anytime Sepultura is on the radio or he it pops up and we're listening to his iPod, I'm like, is this Sepultura? And he's like... Yeah, we, we have those moments with songs where each one has its own memory attached to it. Like she said with that one, with that. And then, of course, <laughs> there's the middle part of uh, Prodigy. Oh, the creative Apocalypse by And Shagrass, like, after the keyboard plays his voice, he's got that roar. Yeah, we're like, we both do the we fucking... We both do the hands, yeah. like... Hands and, to the sky! And it was so funny, the first time we both did it together, we looked at each other. <laughs> we, were, we weren't even planning it, but we just did We're it. driving in the car, and we're like, yeah! Oh, oh, yeah! Yeah, demented minds think alike. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's what you look for in a life partner? You want somebody who's like two thumbs up about everything you do. And then if you have a lot of things that you can laugh and share together, like 
this this podcast was DJ Anubis's brainchild. I I'm here because I want to be with him, and we have well, fun yeah, doing it. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like I had done podcasts before, just off and on, but I was still running the radio as the main part. And then, of course, when the radio became full time job, basically doing podcasts, I just couldn't fit it in. They're just you know, and I had. A couple of Jasons who were doing random podcasts to kind of like give some different uh, options out there with the radio and all that. Much appreciated both of them for doing that when they did. Uh, I did miss it, and of course, when Metal Tavern the station went down, when I took it down, it, it, uh, I was actually recommended why I asked whether or not the podcast should return and. Uh, one of the biggest uh, commenters, believe it or not, was Lindsay, who was Blake Harrison's uh, partner. It said that, you know, I think that's probably the greatest idea you could have because it get, makes it more personal. And that's true. Uh, I'm able to do more things. I, I talk more now than I did on the initial podcast because I really felt like I just needed to play the music more. But now it's more of, uh, what would you call it? Um, we try to have, like, interesting topics. Right. It's just, we try to bring more to it than just the music. I mean, I love playing a lot of new stuff, and of course the classics with before you but all. We've but had, we've had some of our, our friends and fans <clears throat> say that they enjoy listening to us riff off of each other. So. Yeah, so, like, you know, one guy I know, he, he's a metal fan, but he's one of those people that's very eclectic with metal. Like, it, it's always, like, certain pieces of songs. It's never, like, it's never, like, full bands or anything like that. Yeah, and the stuff that he likes and he's is like, so oh, obscure. He's, right. It's like, I like listening to rats gnawing at the walls played he, over a screaming vocal, and we're like, good. But he's like, you know, the thing I enjoy about your podcast more is actually you two talking about topics rather than the music itself, which... He enjoys some of the music because I've heard him, you know, post about it. But it, it, everyone takes something differently from the podcast. So and, course, and the best thing too about this is you get to listen. You have more time to listen to more music, and you can pick out things. And then we, you've got your labels that you that send you some good stuff. So it's you can highlight some of your the, the right. songs, and we can talk more about. And that's the something labels. I wasn't always doing. I mean, I did. You play it, but you wouldn't be able to say, "Listen, this is my this is my boy Vlad." And Vlad, like you said, Vlad, we love Vlad. Vlad has been with you for what twelve years easily, yeah, and. Every week, Vlad, Vlad, Vlad promotions, Vlad this, and sends all this new stuff. So we can't just be like, before it was just like playing on the radio, but now we post it and then we, we post it on. Well, a lot of the liners you hear too come from bands that he had sent me and he provided, you know, he goes out, he says to these bands, all right, this guy's going to play your stuff. Can you provide a liner? And a lot of them did, which is great. Like I have a lot of liners I'd say 90% of them come off of what he has sent me, so... Oh, see, now you make me want to send Vlad a, a bottle of wine or something, like... He'd probably appreciate it. I mean, you know, he, I don't know his address, but you can always hit him up. Yeah, you're going to have to be like, Vlad, I want to send you <clears> a present. But yeah, you know, I just... This way I get to talk more about, you know, other things like movies and stuff, obviously... And our feelings about the songs, too. The, like The previous podcasts I did were always separated by genre. Now, I don't mind doing those, and I know I told people I'd try to do some along the way, but I'd never gotten to it because this 
this format I just really like it because I'm able to play rock and metal and I don't have to worry about the genre thing too much because you know some people really enjoyed the Nocturnal Pulse like when I was doing just those shows I got a lot of people downloading those because they really like black metal and I get that I do same with thrash same with death metal etc but in the grand scheme of things when I'm trying to do what I did on the radio but on a smaller venue and not worry about all the work, extra work that has to go into it, uh, I can just give you a little bit of everything and say, hey, there you go. There's your there's your smorgasbord. And Enjoy. that's not to say that we're not going to do, because we have the Godzilla show. We have oh, yeah. we have special well, guests in that, here but, all the uh, time. We have, you had Nomas in here. We had, we had uh, Blake and... and um, Travis from Pig Destroyer. That's what we want to do. We want to start collaborating with more bands. We want to, we want this to feel like how cozy. No, and that's the thing. Like, this area, the, with, with, like with, I wish with Krypton Scully from Metal and Man. I want to try to get them in here. And they're not even, you know, they're not musicians per se, but they do what we do on a different level. And I, I thought it would be interesting to try to get them in here. Now we're still working that out, whether or not it can happen, but. The point is, like, those are personal, and those, you know, that enlightens people to what we do and why we do it. Uh, their their way of doing things is different than ours. They still talk about similar things, and they bring you great music along the way as well. But that's, that's you know, one thing that people might be interested in is why we do this stuff. Like, why we take the time. I don't get paid for this. She doesn't get paid for this. I know that Krypton Scully don't get paid for it. So... The fact that we do this because we have a passion for the scene and the music involved says a lot. So, in the end, like, you know, we're hoping you're enjoying these. I, we asked for feedback. I know I haven't really got any, but maybe that just means that you really like what you're hearing. I hope that's the case. You can even say that we sound like dummies. We'll be like, thank you for the feedback. We, we want, it's okay. Thank you, but fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. I know I have a lisp. And you can just be like, bitch, you got a lisp. And I'll be like, thank you, I have big teeth. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, get, let's jump let's back, get, into, let's the jump back into the music. What's next? All right, Block, New Invocation, Slaughter Messiah, both those bands are amazing. Of course, Omega District is a classic, which I really dig, so you're going to hear all that starting now.
thinking about it because as I you know how I get when I start talking to myself when you're not here well that the funny thing about you with games is and it's one thing I actually kind of love about you you don't need a, a million games you'll take a game and you will play it until oh, fuck every, out of it <laughs> you, you'll play it until everything that is ever solved could be solved well except see one of my biggest things is World of Warcraft and I've been playing since 2007 like it's so fun I tried it out in 2007. I just lost my job. I had a lot of free time on my hands. And I started playing it, and like before I knew it, it was like dawn. It sucked you in. And my, my wife here came down, and she was like, wait a minute, have you been playing all did night? You, did you go to bed? And I said, yeah, and she started laughing hysterically about it. <laughs> so I, I ended up becoming a subscriber, of course, and over the years I've played when I can, and been disgruntled at certain times and happy in others and now I'm at a place right now where I'm actually doing more things with it because I've discovered certain things about the game and but I still have complaints and the thing is like I do like I have so much I could do with World of Warcraft I just don't have enough time to do it and that's hard to believe considering the way things are but because I do spend a lot of time with music uh, you and, listen and play. Right. But I can't always listen and play because I can't concentrate. If I'm busy getting my ass kicked by some critter in World of Warcraft, then I'm losing focus. So I have to be kind of uh, selective about when I'm listening to it. But but the thing is, like, you know, when it comes to the Xbox, you know, it's simple things like Dynasty Warriors or Final Fantasy or some shit like that or uh. Madden Football. But anyway... Uh, 
one game that I used to play way back in the day before consoles pretty much or at least early on was Mortal Kombat at the arcade. Oh my god, me too. And uh, of course I got really into that with my friend Chris and uh, then of course they made a couple movies in the 90s and the first one wasn't bad. I went to see that in the theater. I actually saw both in the theater. Yeah, the second one was unfortunate but first one I went to see with my friend and uh, we were really psyched and even was even more ecstatic when we heard like Fear Factory and the soundtrack and other stuff like that, which was awesome. Um, but the movies themselves were not on the level that you would normally think with the game itself, because the game is actually pretty fucking brutal compared to what the movies were. Mortal Kombat 2, like... That was bad. It was, it was, when it came out, it was the shit. I mean... What, second movie? No, Mortal Kombat 2, the game. Oh. And I I remember, this this is me being a child, but they, you know, I, I went roller skating a lot. <laughs> Mortal Kombat! And they had that in the, in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, fuck! Oh, my goodness. And we would just have a ball. And my dad... Like, getting, my sister and I, of course, had, like, the hottest skates, you know. Mine were pink and white. Hers were Britney black and Spears. teal. No, no, those, Britney Spears came later. I'm talking about when I'm younger. I Mine were pink and white. My sister had black and teal. And, because, I don't know why. Do you remember starter jackets? Yes. So, she had a Charlotte Hornets oh, starter jacket, and it was black and teal. So, her her skates were black and teal to match her starter jacket. I just wanted pink and white because pink and white, you know. Pink ladies. Pink ladies, you know, Hello Kitty, whatever. But, you know, we had the the hot shit. We had the good skates, and we would go skating all the time. And um, so if you didn't have to rent skates or anything, getting into to the skating rink when we were younger was like, you know, maybe 5 $6, and my dad would give us a 20 each yeah, it's like we're rich. Right. So we'd get into to skating, and, you know, pizza was maybe a dollar, and soda was maybe a dollar, so then I'd, I'd spend all of my money on quarters playing mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> they knew how to suck your uh-huh. ass in. And God forbid you ran into somebody who was really good. Yeah, and they're like, they're like, oh, back that, forward, back that, forward, that, up, that, down, back forward. I mean, I'm sure it was the same with you, but... When you were at any kind of game, and if you were really good, you were there for a while. And then people come up and put quarters on top. Mm-hmm. Put their yeah, place they, in they, line. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like they're placing the line. I'm like, I got next, and then you get your ass kicked. Who you did come you? Back. Who, who did you like to use in Mortal Kombat? Oh, for me, it was always Sub Zero. I like Sub Zero and Kung Lao. My uh, Chris was a big Raiden fan. We had massive he was Lord battles. Raiden. Yeah. We had just massive battles, and like it was always the funniest thing, especially when it became a home game for like Sega Genesis or something. Oh God, Sega Genesis! And like we would just have these massive battles, and like every time, either especially later on when Sub got like the ice on the ground. Yeah. And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> All right. Or you'd freeze him like he's doing Raiden's thing. That's and you'd the thing. Freeze him. Like he would always try to do Back that fucking B. line Back on forward me. Back B. Back forward B. <laughs> you know, you try to do that little dive at me, and I'd freeze. Be like, no, you fucker! And, and then, then you would I'd do uppercut. His yeah, ass. and then you do like the combos: forward, forward, up, down, forward, forward. And yeah. then you'd like you'd like do the top button, lower button, top button, lower yeah. button. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. 
We need to get Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now the game is like superbly. The graphics are amazing. No, I want Mortal Kombat too. Like, I don't care about. I want. Mortal. No, the, the graphics are outdated. You might as well get the new one. Has all the characters, but we need a better system. Like, it's for like PS4 or something. Well, the last system that you got was for your 40th birthday. That was a while ago. And that was and I got that 10 years like, ago. Renner Center for like 12 bucks or whatever. So it was. we bought it. Yeah. Oh, God, that was so. But it was, it's been good. It's been it's on the job. The best, the best part about that was um, because we bought it through them mm -hmm. and we had like a 90 day. Remember, you got the Red Ring of Death? Yeah. So we had a 90 day guarantee and it was like almost within the first week you got the red ring of death and you're like, uh, I, I'd like a new system, please. Right, I, I, I'm going to burn this place down if I don't get a new one. But it was, that was, that was actually a smart move on our part because we're like, you know, we can... well, it's always good because if that happens and you can always go back. But if you would have went to Best Buy or something and yeah. bought it, they would have been like, sorry, sorry, but Whatever for what we have this renaissance center by us that we have abused over. I, I say abused. Oh, well, we haven't been there in years. But now. we used to like like that um. Air units. And... The uh, that uh fireplace mm -hmm. that we got, I bought that on Black. God, it's been a long time. I bought that on Black Friday, and renaissance center did this thing: the earlier you got there, the more money you got off. And they always again renaissance center. It is for if you do it the right way, you're not going to get screwed. Anyway, but it, we're getting anyway off sorry, sorry, but anyway, Rena Center does this 90 day guarantee, so that's why we bought the system through Renta Center because we knew that we had 90 days to pay the thing off, and you would get a 90 day guarantee. And because what what is this? The 360 had the Red Ring of Death, and people were buying it from like Best Buy or GameStop, and they were just like, sorry. Like, you know, it's a brand new system, but there's nothing we can do about it. You've already bought it, and we don't have a 90-day guarantee. So, anyway. So, anyway, like, they made the movies, and then, of course, probably about 10 years ago, YouTube was starting to do this thing where they would throw up clips of Mortal Kombat possibilities, like, and they were much darker. They were much darker uh, and more violent, which is what, of course... That's what Mortal Kombat is. Right, Mortal Kombat fans love that. So they never actually made a movie out of it, but they had a cool concept. Now we have a Mortal Kombat reboot that's going to be taking place. Is it going to be a reboot, or is it going to be like just like another chapter? No, it's going to be a reboot. And judging by what the article I'm reading is, they're actually going to make a universe built on it. So it's going to have like 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 a Marvel and Godzilla style. So they're going to build on all of the characters. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, it'd be great if they, and especially if they do it right. Like, don't don't make it PG thirteen. Like, just. We know that R-rated films Remember the fatalities? <laughs> ripping people's heads out of their skulls and, like, you got the fucking... Get spinal, over here! Yeah, the spinal cord dangling out. That mm -hmm. is rated R. But, uh... Yeah, so... But the, the, the thing that caught my attention was the whole universe thing. Like, it's one thing to reboot something, but it's something else when you actually plan, have a great plan about it. Because it really is. There's a lot of content you can use with Mortal Kombat. Especially over the years, so a lot of characters to work with. Um, I, I Who would you like to see play some of the characters? Do you have anybody in mind? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really looked at the list. I know there's a guy named Ludi Lin who's going to play Liu Kang. Mm -hmm. He's the one that does that bicycle kick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like Bruce Lee stuff. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, I don't know much about him, but um, you know he's one of the names that popped up. Uh, I'd love to see Donnie Yen in it. The guy. I would too. I love uh, Donnie Yen. How about Tony Jaw? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just I don't know how much or how many of the actual martial artists are going to get in there. Uh, what is it? Michael J. White, I think he played the one. He, he's the guy that played Spawn in '95. Mm-hmm. He knows a lot of martial arts, so I think he was actually in one of the YouTube vids. I can't remember, but there, there's plenty of great martial artists out there, and I just, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with this. Um, but that's what we want. We want real martial artists. We don't want like people who. Well, the the the, the actors that portrayed the characters in the '90s, except for Lambert, who did Raiden, like. And the other guy who um, played Ajax did Raiden. Samantha's the boyfriend. One. Right. Uh, neither one of them, I don't think, had any kind of training in martial arts, so they really didn't have a lot of fighting involved for either one of them. Yeah, they made... Again, we understand he's Lord Raiden, but when you play the game, he is a, a fighter. fighter. Right. And, you know, they all have their own special powers or whatnot, so... Uh, I thought Lambert was cool because I really like him as an actor and he has that like charisma to play the character, but he's not Asian, obviously. But uh, again, he didn't fight at all. He just kind of used his magic and that. But that wasn't, you know, I just I kind of felt like that was shortcutting. Yeah, reading. because yes, he does have the lightning and he has, but he has like the teleportation. Good and trivia stuff. question for you. Uh-oh. Let's see how good you are. I don't know. What was the character Raiden based off of? Well, I don't know. Who? Do you remember the character from um, Big Trouble in Little China? The three samurai yes! guys? Yes! That's, that's who he's based we on. We need to watch that funny. again. Let's pull that out. Let's get the VHS They're up. They're remaking that shit, too. But, uh, Are they really? Yeah. Oh, no. Right. But, uh, yeah, I thought I always kind of kind of knew that deep down. Like, dude, I've seen this character before, and I just... It, Put two and two together. I was like, "That's where he came from." It's not that I was kind of cool, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. I love the game. Uh, I do have a soft spot for the at least the first movie. I don't really care for the second one. They tried to bring in other characters, which was nice, but neither of them really lived up to the hype, and it was just I don't know, just bad overall. But uh, I think I forget the main bad guy's name but he looked more like Shredder from Ninja Turtles than anything <laughs> so yeah hopefully when they do this and if they're going to expand it to an universe Shanson. yes no no Shadow Stone is actually he was actually portrayed very well in the first film but uh, there's a the guy above him I can't remember. I'm thinking spot. of the like the ladder Shadow you... something yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's you go up the game yeah, yeah. Gorgoro the four handed fool all that shit Alright, back in the music, I uh, got three out of the last six songs are new, uh, Wrathful, Babylon Fall, and Heathen Foray, but I got some other stuff mixed in there, and I, and I haven't really, I played them once a few uh, a few episodes back, this band called Al Gorgrine, they're very cool, dig them a lot, here's All Hail to Vader.
Hi, this is Toxic Ruin, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
right, DJ Nibbles and DJ Neko back with you on the Tavern Radio Podcast. Brand new Heathen Foray with Wedge. I love that song. Yeah, well, both of those bands, like Sonaka Tursa. I, like, I love that song too. They got kind of that folkish stuff in there a little bit. Pagan, Viking stuff, so we enjoy that a lot. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. It was a fun one to do. Yes, it was. I, I love it. You said it to me. I love that I'm home and I can do this with you. And it's a blast. I feel so close to my man. My man. He's my man's. Yeah. Okay. Enough of that shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We got uh, one track left for you. And once we're done, I'm going to get this posted up so everyone can download it or listen to it at their leisure. Uh, again, guy suggestions or recommendations questions, for bands. Yep. comments, queries. We want to hear them. Yeah, as always, uh, we are trying to interact with all our fan bases. And, of course, if you enjoy And please don't send us any dick pics because we don't need that. But yeah, otherwise... Tit pics is fine. Dick pics, boob, no. Boobies are okay. <laughs> Penises, we don't want. She wants that on the side. Yeah. Private message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, one last track going back a ways for Borniger. Their last record is great, uh, but this is one of my favorite tracks. What year did this one come out? I don't know. I want to say 2004, 2005, maybe. Okay. I'm kind of spitballing, but it's the presence of Ominous and your boy Vortex. I love my Vortex.